all, Father, we need to have an ear to hear what you're saying to us and the wisdom to follow it each and every day. In Jesus' precious name, and everyone said, amen, amen. Well, good morning again, Reach. just want to thank Pastor Derek and the staff for covering me for while I was on vacation. You know, no matter how much you plan, there, there just never seems to be a, a great time to take vacation. Do you know what I mean? There's always something, and so I, I appreciate the opportunity to go on vacation. And while I was on vacation, we did about 2,300 miles. We didn't fly. We decided to drive. And uh, while we were driving, you spend a lot of time in the car doing 2,300 miles, I just want to let you know, uh, through some beautiful country, minus some of the places that we went. Um, and I started thinking as, as I'm driving, and I'm a cruise control guy. Anybody a cruise control guy? If you're on the highway between Lyman and Kansas City, you should be using your cruise control. It's what it's there for in your car. So I like to set my cruise control. I'm about five to seven over, give or take a couple pennies, uh, and I know exactly where I'm at. And as I'm driving, I'm thinking about the cars that I'm passing, Right? They're not using their cruise control, so I pass them, and then down the road, they pass me, and then I pass them, and I look over at Kelly, I'm like, could they use their cruise control? This is terrible. I started thinking about this sermon uh, while we were driving, and about the traffic. People that are on that road, they're all going the same way, different speeds. Some are using their cruise control because they should be. Some are not. Some are, no matter how fast you go, that's one I want to guarantee you, someone will want to go faster than you, right? Someone will want to go slower than you. There's little exit lanes where people can get off and get gas and food. And there's rest areas, because sometimes we need a rest as we're driving. You know, that's how our spiritual journey is. They're all headed the same way, different speeds. Why? Because we're all in this, headed toward the high calling of Christ Jesus. And yet, we're all moving at different speeds, and that's perfect because we're all on this spiritual journey. Some of us got the cruise control on, and man, we've been doing this for a while, and we're like, man, we know exactly where we're going. Just hit the cruise control, and I'm moving. Some of us kind of are speeding up and slowing down. Sometimes we have to take an exit here to rest a little bit. Some people are in the Left-hand lane doing 10 under, not making the other people on the highway happy. Every once in a while, you run into two 18-wheelers that are speeding at 10 under as slow as they can to see who can lose the race. And you know, that's how our spiritual journey feels like sometimes, amen? I don't know where you're at in your spiritual journey, but I want to do a couple, couple weeks series called Faith for Your Journey. No matter where you're headed, you need faith for your journey. In fact, you can't take your next step in God without faith for your journey. Whatever that journey looks like, it's going to be different for each of us, and yet we're all headed the same way, amen? Pastor Derek says this all the time, you know, at the end of the day, whether we're pastors or we lead worship or we work in the back or we just, we come on Sundays and we serve, whatever you do, at the end of the day, we all end up in servants' quarters, amen? 
We're all servants of our Most High God. So I may get to preach on Sunday or do, do whatever you do or whatever I do during the week, but in the end, we're all servants of the Most High God. We all end up in the same spot. We're all servants, moving in this journey, some fast, some slow. Some have gotten off the exit for a little bit. They need a little rest. Maybe they were working hard. Maybe they were serving. Maybe they're in the middle of something going on in their life. It's okay. As long as they get back on the highway, amen, and they keep moving. Kelly and I were going along, and she's like, you need to find a rest area. Okay, so some friends of ours, I think they're here today, back from their honeymoon, uh, introduced us to Formula One racing. And the thing that I like about Formula One racing is they can get a car in and out of the pits in like three to five seconds. I mean, if it's 10 seconds or more, the announcers are going, no, they wasted so much time. So I told Kelly, okay, we can stop for a pit stop, but this is a Formula One pit stop. You know why? It's because the people that I passed, and Formula One has not helped my driving at all. That's your guys' fault. Okay, not helped my driving at all. Not that I was ever not a fast driver, but now I feel more comfortable about it. Uh, so, I, so, you know, the people that you've passed on the highway, I mean, you've done everything you can to pass them, right? And they're like, oh, man, we got to stop. They're going to pass me. And then I'm going to have to pass them again. Okay, am I the only guy that thinks this when they take road trips? Okay, thank God. I feel better about myself already. So I want to talk a little bit about faith for your journey. We're going to start in Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to spend some time in Hebrews chapter 11 over the next couple weeks. Hebrews chapter 11 is a great, great chapter to spend time in. Because we get to learn about what people have gone through and yet kept their faith in their journey. Here's what Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says. Now faith is. What this tells me is God is going to give us a definition of what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Anyone got any hopes? Any dreams? Any desires that God has put deep, deep down in you? Faith is that substance. It puts substance to those things that you are hoping for. It says that it is the evidence of things not seen. Why? Because once you've seen them, you don't need faith for them anymore or hope for them. Now it's just happened, amen? It's the, it's the evidence of things that cannot be seen. And sometimes we go through life hoping for things, praying for things. I've talked to people that have been praying for their children for, for years and years to come back and find the Lord. And they, they come back to this. They're like, I have a hope and a faith for things that I do not see today, but I believe that they can happen in the future. You know why? Because God has promised it to me. And that is what faith is. You see, you may be in the middle of your journey wondering, what is going on in my life? Things are just swirling. I can't figure it out. It's okay. Have faith. Have faith that God is working out, as Romans says, 
all things for those who love and are called by him. Amen? I know in my life, my wife's life, we've gone through things and sometimes we just sit at the kitchen table and go, wow. And yet it's only our faith and trust in God that has allowed us to move forward. Have I taken the exit once? Yeah. But God got me, got me back on track to where I needed to go, amen? So wherever you're at on your journey, I encourage you, hold tight. Don't give up. I'm not going to make fun of any football teams, but man, not to score from the one-inch line, that's ridiculous. You know, that's how our faith feels like. It's how our journey feels like sometimes, right? You're just so close. If you gave up right now, you just might miss exactly what God has for you. Now, there are many chapters in the Bible that if I were to shout out, you'd know exactly what they are. 1 Corinthians 13, love chapter, right? Genesis chapter 1, creation. Exodus 20, Ten Commandments. Anyone ever read Psalms chapter 23? The Lord is my shepherd. Of course, there's the fruit of the Spirit, chapters. And then you come to Hebrews chapter 11. Some have called it the heroes of faith or the halls of faith. And I would encourage you this week, over the next couple weeks, to start reading Hebrews chapter 11. Spend some time in there looking at the different Old Testament heroes of faith. Go to the Old Testament and read some of the things that they've gone through and held on to God, even in the worst situations in their life. And they've pulled through. You see, on your journey, you will have highs and you will have lows. You'll have mountaintops experiences and occasionally you're going to end up in a valley. But having faith that God is always by your side will keep you walking in Him. Allowing Him to live in you and through you. Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 2, I've been crucified with Christ it's no longer I who live. You see, on our journey, we need to remember that it's not us that's living anymore. Here's what he writes. But Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That will keep you on your day in and day out journey, no matter what's going on in your life. And I just want to tell you, life happens. Amen? Life happens. But understanding who loves you, who gave himself for you. He says, I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. As we travel this journey called faith, day in and day out. 
Keep that in the forefront of your life. So I wanted to just look at Hebrews chapter 11. If you want to turn there, if you've got your favorite delivery device. I like paper. Some of the people that are mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11 that I want you to read about over the next few weeks. You'll read about Abel, about Enoch, about Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Rahab, Gideon, Barak, Samson, David, Samuel, and many of the other prophets. Here's the part of this that I love. Verse 33. I didn't put this up on the slide. It says, Who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the, fire, uh, the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong. Can anybody say, man, I can relate to that, amen? Became valiant in battle. Turned to fight the armies of the aliens. Women who received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trials of mockings and scourgings. Yes, and of chains and of imprisonment. They were stoned, sawed in two. That's an interesting story. Google that. They were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskin and goatskin, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and in caves of the earth. All these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not, let me say that again, did not receive the promise. With all the things that they did, all the faith that they had in their circumstances, which were terrible and tragic, they did not receive the promise. God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Even though they didn't receive the promise, their faith made them perfect. And yet to us, he says, we have received the promise. So as you're going through your journey of faith, remember, we've received the promise. Again, that's something that will keep you moving through this journey. So I would encourage you, spend time over the next couple weeks in Hebrews chapter 11. I want to give you a couple things to help your faith. We talk about faith. I mean, there's been faith movements, and some people have said, oh, you know, that name it, claim it, frame it. We don't do that here. 
but we do believe God, amen? And if God wants to bless us, we're better for it. But do you know God's always had a faith movement? Throughout the Old Testament, God had a faith movement going on. I think of not just the Old Testament people that are mentioned here, but I think of some of the other Old Testament people, and it's always been about faith. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the prophets. I mean, imagine being a prophet. God says, I want you to go into this town, and this is what I want you to say. You want me to say that out there? That takes faith. Imagine Ananias, who's told to go and pray for Saul. And he says, uh, God, that's the guy that's been chasing down and putting people in jail? That takes faith. So God has always had a faith movement. He's always looking for people of faith. In fact, it's impossible to, to please God, we're going to see, without faith. So here's the first thing. Number one, faith comes by hearing. You've got to spend time in God's word if you want to build up your most holy faith. You can't get it anywhere else. You can't get it watching TV. You can't get it just reading any book. Only one book. You can't get it listen to even Christian music. You can only get it by hearing his word. Hearing his voice. Hearing him speak into your ears exactly what you need at that moment. So that's the first one. Faith comes by hearing. You can't conjure up your own faith. Faith is not something we can accomplish on our own. There's not some magic formula to it. Add water and, you know, one cup of water with a teaspoon of this. It's not the way you end up with faith. You only end up with faith by hearing God's voice and then doing what he tells you to do. You know why? Because when he comes through, you're like, wow. I can take another step. And then when he comes through again, mm, I can take another step. And when he comes through again, you can take another step. And do you know what you end up? Now you're on a journey. You see, faith is a gift from God. It's actually one of the spiritual gifts, the gift of faith. And it can only be produced by reading His Word. You see, it's, it's all about Him. No different than when Paul said, it's, I, the life that I live, I don't live for me anymore. I live it through Christ. Here's what Romans says. I'm going to read all of, all of this verse. I put up just the end of it. But here's what Romans says. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed 
what he has heard from us. So then faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. If you're like, man, I, this journey, I just, just, I just don't have the faith to take that next step. Spend time right here. Spend time in his word. Learning about the Old Testament and the New Testament saints. Some of the things that they went through. The faith that they had to have. They couldn't conjure up on their own. They could only receive one way. By spending time hearing God's voice. Reading the words on the page. Meditating on what he's saying to you. So that you can take your next step in your journey of faith. Here's what Matthew chapter 4 says. Verse 23. It says, and he went through all Galilee. This is Jesus. Teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. And healing every disease and every affliction among the people. Why did Jesus have to do that? I mean, he's Jesus. Just show up on the scene. Just start healing people. Why? Because they had to hear the word of God. They had to understand where this was coming from. They had to have a better knowledge of what God was saying to them. Now again, he was, telling, he was teaching them out of the Old Testament so that they could see that God could do exactly what they needed him to do. Jesus spent time teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. Do you know when we hear that faith stories of what other people have been through in their life, it builds us up. It helps us on our journey. It helps us to move forward no matter where you're at. Whether you're stuck somewhere or you're driving 100 miles an hour. Listening to the stories of what other people have come through because of God's help will help build up your faith. You know, last night the Wise Group had our um, annual Santa Maria barbecue. Thank you to the Stonemans for hosting that. Great time of, of food, right? Fellowship. We just got to sit around and laugh and talk a little bit about some of the things going on in our life. Hearing about some of the adventures that God has brought us through. You know, that's how we continue to build each other up. So when you're with your group, whoever that group is, share your stories of what God has done in your life. Of how God's moved you from where you were to where you are now. Because it will help them with their faith journey. Here's what the Living Bible says. Yet faith comes from listening to the good news. The good news about Christ. If you need help in the faith area, spend your time listening to the good news of Christ. Amen? The second thing is, faith exhibits itself through love. You want to build up your faith? Start loving. Start loving others. Here's what Galatians says, for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision or uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. 
Now, you've got to understand, for generation after generation, circumcision was what was required to prove that you had faith in the Old Testament. And yet come the New Testament, with the Gentiles receiving Christ, there had to be a paradigm in their thinking. Like, how can this happen? These Gentiles, they're uncircumcised. How are they receiving the promises? I mean, there was much debate, if you read in Acts, going back and forth. Now, what should we make the Gentiles do? What What should we make the Gentiles do? Notice we always try to get in the way of God, right? God's doing something amazing. And the first thing that they say is, what should we make the Gentiles do? To make sure that they fit the mold of what faith should be like. So there was much, much debate about it. The book of Acts deals with the Gentiles and some of the things and the requirements that they wanted them to do. But Paul writes about circumcision that it's profitable if you keep the whole law, and no one can do that. But if you break any part of the law, it becomes absolutely nothing. In fact, he ends Romans 2 by talking about a better circumcision. A circumcision of the heart. Not outwardly, but inwardly. Being circumcised in the Spirit. And in Christ, it's neither circumcision or uncircumcision they found out that prevails. You see, both sides wanted to argue their point. But what it came down to was faith in God. Not our own outward things that we're trying to do, but those inward things that God was moving us through in our faith journey. That was a hard paradigm to shift in the New Testament. Because for so long, this is what was supposed to happen. And they realized that it wasn't going to work that, in, that way anymore. So it's not about what you can do. It's about what God can do through you. Here's how important love is in our faith journey. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter. Here's how it starts. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and have all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. You see, loving others will help you build your faith because it puts you in a situation that you can't figure out on your own. It forces you to trust in God instead of trusting in your own will and your own ways. 1 Corinthians 13 ends with this. And now these three remain. Faith, hope, 
and love. All three are important. All three are needed. We need all three during our journey of faith. And yet it says, but the greatest of these is love. I think what happened has what's happened throughout the generations in the churches. Oh, we, we think faith is the most important thing. I mean, without faith, it's impossible to please God. But Paul writes, you can have all faith. You can have all hope. But without love. Without love, everything that you have is really nothing. Here's what 1 John chapter 4 says. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. So what is fear? Fear is the opposite of faith. It's faith in the negative circumstance. Fear shows up when our minds and our hearts we're not aware of or sure of God's love for us. One writer said, fear cannot coexist with faith or love. It's either one of the other. One of the biggest strategies of the enemy is to disconnect believers from that love. To make us as Christians think on our minds and feel in our hearts that God is not on our side. That we are on our own. That God has forgotten about us. That God is too busy with other important things than to bother himself with small and trivial things that frustrate us. That God is too holy to even look at us. Or that God is angry and upset with us for good reasons. Because we sin too much or we even expect God to still love us or to help us. You see, when you love, you cast out fear. You don't allow fear in your day in and day out life. And that will bring faith. The next one is faith pleases God. I think of all those Old Testament saints that did not receive the promise, God was still so pleased with them. Because they walked out their walk day in and day out in faith. Fully believing that God would come through even when it looked like he couldn't come through. Anybody ever been there? Anybody there right now? Or you're just like, I don't know how God could make this come through. I just don't understand. Hold on with everything that you have. Here's what Hebrews 11:6 says. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. I mean, you can do everything in your power 
bounce on one leg, do all those weird things that people try to do to impress God. Only faith pleases Him. It says, for whoever draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He is a rewarder of those, one version says, who diligently seek Him. It's the only way to please God is to believe that He can and He will pull you through. See, people are always trying something other than faith to please God. Now there are, of course, our Christian attributes that we should have. Prayer, reading, serving, giving. But we don't live in a brownie point system. And only faith pleases God. You can try all your things. Fill in the blanks. Oh, you know, God, today I, I read three chapters. Today I, I prayed for this long. Oh, I, I did this and I did this. But it's, those are just actions that should come out of a heart that has faith in God. God wants us to go from faith to faith. Has anyone ever read that verse? He's called us to go from faith to faith. What? Believing that He can and that He will. And then when He does, going on to the next amazing thing that He's called you to. Whatever that is in your journey. And yours will be different than mine. It'll be different than the person that's sitting next to you. But He's called us to go from faith to faith, believing that he can, that he will, that he does, and then moving on to the next amazing thing that he wants to pull you through. In your family, in your jobs, with your friends, whatever that might be, he's called you to move. Believing God, seeing it come to pass, and then moving on your next step in your journey of faith. Here's what Proverbs says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him. And He will make your path straight. Not He might, He could. He will make your path straight. Now Solomon was the writer of Proverbs. I can imagine that as he was writing this, he was rethinking the stories that his dad had told him, David, and some of the things that he had gone through. Oh, you know the story of David? He was anointed king by Solomon, and yet it didn't happen that day, did it? In fact, he had to year, live through years of King Saul chasing him through the desert. Can you imagine? You're in a, you're in a cave thinking, I'm supposed to be the king of Israel. And here I am in this cave, hiding. Trying to make it one more day. Doing everything I can to save my life. I am supposed to be the king of Israel. You want to talk about 
trusting in the Lord with all your heart. That's a hard pill to, sw to swallow, I just want to tell you. To know that you're supposed to be the king of Israel and you're hiding in a cave. Wondering if today is your last day. And yet as Solomon writes these Proverbs, I can imagine him rethinking the stories that King David at that time had shared with him about his adventures in the desert, running and hiding. But do you think that there might have been things when he's hiding in those caves and going here and going there, that God was teaching him about being a leader? That God might have been wanting to, to teach him that he couldn't learn anywhere else but where he was at that time? Think about that for a moment. Where you're at right now may not be exactly where you want to be. And yet, are you in just the right spot at the right time. I like the what they put up last week from Jeremiah Ziegler's message. It said, what he wants to do through you is happening right now. You may be saying, that's not, I don't like what's happening right now, so that shouldn't be right. And yet at the same time, maybe what God needs you to know for your journey, you can only learn where you're at right now. I think what made David a great king was what he learned in the desert. There's a story Absalom had taken over the kingdom. Do you know about Absalom? One of his sons took over. David had to flee. He's out in the desert and one of King Saul's relatives is up on a hill, starts shouting at him, calling him not nice things. And one of his mighty men of valor said, should I go up and strike him down? He goes, no, because what if he's right? What if what he's saying about me is right? And let me tell you something. You can only learn that kind of humility in a cave in a desert running for your life from the current king of Israel when you're supposed to be the king of Israel. Amen? So I don't know where you're at in your, in your journey of faith, what you're going through right now. Learn your lessons that God wants to teach you right now because you're going to need them down the road on your journey of faith. There's something about trusting, trusting God even when it's hard to trust God. Amen? Here's what I found under trust in the Strongs. It says, actively waiting for God's fulfillment about the faith he has in birth through the power of his love. That hope that he's deposited in you. He's working on you. 
trying to mold you and make you what you cannot make yourself. But it takes faith to trust that he's doing that in this moment. In the good times and in the hard times. It takes faith to believe that God is molding you and making you who he desires you to be. Because unless you become who he desires you to be, you can't go your next step in your faith journey. You can't get to where you need to be. Come on up, Darcy. You can't get to where you need to be without where you're at right now. You know, driving all those miles, and we broke it up. The first day we went to Tulsa, and then we ended up in Hot Springs, and then we came back up to a little tiny town in Kansas for my niece's wedding, which was amazing, uh, and then drove home. After that, we broke it up. Each of those parts of the journey were important. They weren't fun, but they were important to the journey that we took on our vacation. No different than some of the things that you're going on and going through right now are important on your journey. They may not be fun. They may be hard. But God wants to teach you something for the rest of your journey. Amen? Your journey is not today, and yet it is about today. Your journey is about today and tomorrow and forever. And it takes faith to believe that God is doing something in your life that you need. Amen? Can we stand? Sorry, I came back with a, with a little head cold. I've been working through this week. Heavenly Father, will you continue to deposit hope, faith, and love into us? Will you allow us to see your purpose in our life. The things that you're teaching us today, training us today, molding us and making us today so that we can be the people of God that you've called us to be. Thank you for depositing faith in us. Faith to help us with our journey. No matter where we're at on our journey, Heavenly Father, we desire that you would continue to lead us and to guide us so that we can become people of God, the bride of Christ that you've called us to become. Let us remember that without faith 
impossible to please you. We need to continue on this faith journey day in and day out. Will you give us the strength to continue to call out so that we can hear your voice at just the right time. Father, I speak a blessing over these people. That they would allow love to work through them, to work through me. So that we can build up our most holy faith in you. Loving those around us. Caring for those around us. For the greatest Have a blessed, blessed rest of your week.